Welcome to another episode of the Your Worth Taking Care Of series as part of Mental Health Awareness Week 2021, brought to you by Man Marking. To date, we have made just shy of 100 episodes of the Man Marking podcast, and we've been asking you, the listener, where's the talking? And we know that there are a lot more people talking now than when we started, and it's incredible to see. But the next step may be for you to do something more productive to improve your mental health and that may involve seeking out professional treatment and different types of therapy and that can be scary for a lot of people and it can be a huge step into the unknown so to help you we've put together seven episodes one for every day of mental health awareness week to give you some options of what treatment may be available and what may work best for you I also think that, you know, sometimes I appreciate some of these patient information leaflets can be a bit scary. They will list every single thing under the sun that has come out in a clinical trial, which is how we check up on these drugs and make sure that they're safe. And and, and that we do, and we, you know, just like we're having vaccine trials at the moment, and all medication, you know, all medications that we well not all medications but medications such as SSRIs we've had them for a long time and we've done trials on them to make sure that they're okay but some people will experience certain side effects with them Um, so some really common side effects are are things like dizziness or or feeling sick um, or blurred vision um, and um, feeling agitated or anxious those are some common side effects that we can experience so They tend to, at the start, can be quite, maybe a bit troublesome, but generally improve with time, which is why some of you listeners, if they've they've had antidepressants, they may have felt at the start that they weren't feeling so great after after starting them, but they they actually started to feel better um, when they continued taking them. In today's episode, we're speaking to pharmacist Thorin Govind, and we'll be discussing medication with a particular focus on antidepressants. Um, so my name's Thorin Govind. Um, I'm a pharmacist and I'm also a uh, mental health uh, trustee with a charity. Um, so I've got a really big interest in mental health and well-being. Um, I'm also really interested in the well-being, particularly of healthcare professionals, um, but also patients. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to today and um, and for us to talk more about um, about mental health, really. Absolutely. Where did your interest in mental health particularly come from, or was it just having worked in the health service? It's kind of just born out of that. I think it's partly that, and also my um, own experiences of people I know um, with regards to mental health, um, and some really. I think some key experiences actually as a healthcare professional um, there's a particular case of where I spoke to somebody who was feeling really down about their mental health and the amount of you know I just felt so privileged to be hearing uh, what they were saying to me and to be able to be in a position to help them um, in the community pharmacy where I was working and um, we'd taken this person into the little consultation room and we were having a chat generally and they were talking to me about, you know, the the medications that they'd been on um, and just how they were feeling. And to be in that position where I was able to help them, um, it really is one of the probably the define one of the defining moments of, of my career and being able to help someone with mental health, I think. It's interesting you should mention that incident in itself because I think um I mean for those who, who are listening who don't know my my day-to-day job is I work with um pharmacists who work in, in general practice so I've got a lot of experience of working with pharmacists and I think 
the community pharmacy setting in particular is a very accessible point for patients and i think there's been i think there's been some efforts made to make that more readily available to to patients or to make patients aware of of, of that service um to be able to get hold of a healthcare professional in that setting and i think that's probably a really good avenue for patients i suppose isn't it to access somebody like yourself Absolutely. I mean, most people are within a 20 minute walking distance of a community pharmacy, which means that 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 means that hopefully whoever you are, that that's an accessible service for people to be able to, you know, just walk in. And obviously we don't have um, appointments. Um, we can get very busy and you may, ha may have to wait a few minutes, but we are also very good at prioritizing. So we are very quick at, at sort of knowing yes, we need to speak to this patient more urgently than another patient. So I always say, if you're having to wait a few minutes, that's a good thing uh, because it means you're not the most urgent patient necessarily. And we really appreciate patients um, being patient with us um, because it's not just um, helping uh, patients who are right in front of us. We're also trying to make sure that we're ready for the patients who are going to walk in collecting their medication. We've also got the phone ringing um, nonstop most days. Um, but we, so we get a number of queries via a number of avenues. So I have, may have a query over the telephone at the same time I've got someone waiting in the pharmacy um, who needs to speak to me as well. There's medications which, you know, we, it was a very delicate process. We've got to make sure that the right medication gets to the right patient. So um, patients who uh, ha have mental health um have mental health concerns and um, we're always open and accessible um, and we are trying as a profession definitely to do more for people with mental health um, concerns and issues um, and I think that I want us to be doing more of this because I'm really worried after you know with COVID I think people haven't have maybe felt loneliness in a way that they've not felt before um, I think mental health you know we haven't had our necessarily our usual networks of people so i think that pharmacy has a big role to play in supporting um patients with their mental health and it's not just about coming to see i i think mental health sometimes we only deal with it maybe when it's a, it's lowest but we need to be dealing with with it when when it's not so great or how we can encourage people to have better mental health i think that, that that's such a good point because you know, as I said before, I work with pharmacists on a daily basis. So I'm often sitting in, in our office with them doing mood reviews, for example, with patients or just doing a normal medication review. And part of that process will be to ask how they're getting on with their mental health and have they had any suicidal feelings, for example, or feelings of self-harm. And that's, that's uh, I think, as you say, it's, it's pharmacists are more and more, I think, coming into the public perception as a really highly skilled highly trained highly motivated uh, healthcare professional that's accessible to them in different sort of places and particularly in the, in the community pharmacy setting as you mentioned there and you know I, I know why pharmacists are best place to discuss medication and you know I know why you guys are the, the experts but I think there is a lot of people who still are under the assumption that oh the pharmacists are the people who, who work in boots aren't they and just they just bring me the you know the medication for me rather than knowing the kind of skills and expertise that you have so then that's probably worth setting a bit of context for people as to why you guys are the the experts in medicines yeah so i mean we spend four years at university and then one year on the job training 
Um, and there's pharmacists working not just in community, you know, there's people who are involved with research and, and community pharmacists do also get involved with research sometimes because um, we may be seeing how many of a certain drugs are heading out into the community. So I think there's a lot of crossover and we do try and work together within the profession as well. Um, but if you think about it, we've done this science degree, but we're also at the heart of the community helping and talking to patients and I think our role is to convert this sometimes can be quite confusing science at times um, into accessible information that's accessible at the level that the patient needs and that they feel um, that they can ask and answer and questions and, and that those questions will be answered. Now you know I don't claim to know absolutely everything but I do know that I can um, I know where I can find information um, on things that I don't know about. I know who I can refer a patient to if, if, if it's appropriate. So I think, you know, just like every, every healthcare professional, we, we're more generalists in community pharmacy um, because obviously we, we're seeing a lot of the general public and we're aware generally of a lot of the conditions. And then it's more, as you get referred, you're likely to see someone who's more specialist for your condition. Um, but that's a good triage system because we need to make sure that patients are getting the help that they need at the right time um, and also by the right people. Yeah, 100%. I think that's, that's, that's a really important thing as well, isn't it, with regards to particularly mental health, with regards to who needs to be seen by whom and, 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 and sort of trying to navigate that which can always be quite a, a difficult thing as you say so in terms of mental health then of course it's a, it's a broad and kind of diverse clinical area and as you mentioned before it's often only kind of sort of dealt with by people maybe when they get to crisis point for example but i think you're right in saying that people need to kind of look at it as a the way they would with their general health their physical health looking at managing it on an ongoing basis and I guess what we what we're going to be here sort of talking about now is about medications and medications that you can take for any feelings of ill mental health and probably the most prevalent for people the one that most people are aware of will be antidepressants so would you be able to give us a bit of an overview of what antidepressants are yeah, so I won't go, there's obviously a wide range of different types of antidepressants, but the most common one, um, ones are called SSRIs, um, and they're called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And they affect the, a chemical called serotonin, in, which is in our brain, and they increase it. Um, and it's a bit too simplistic to say that you know, all of depression and all related mental health conditions are caused by low serotonin levels, but helping rise those serotonin levels can improve symptoms um, and also make people more responsive to other types of um, treatment like um, CBT, which co is cognitive, co cognitive um, behavior therapy. Um, so I think what I always think of for patients is the ideal scenario is that we make sure that they're getting access to other types of therapy alongside uh, things like antidepressants as well. So it might be counselling, it might be uh, CBT, like I've just mentioned. Um, and I think one of the key roles that we have in the pharmacy as well is like we know that some people have difficulties taking their medication or remembering to take their medication. And it really is that getting that across to them now. These SSRIs, so you might know them, for example, as citalopram, fluoxetine, peroxetine. Those are the common sorts of ones that, that are prescribed, but there are other ones. Um, and obviously, they'll be prescribed by the GP or the GP pharmacist and, uh, and others. It, um, 
but but you you tend to see with those that you'll start off on a lower dose um, that's thought necessary to improve your symptoms. And it may be that you're tapered up and you'll see your GP or speak to someone every every couple of weeks and then they'll help taper your medication up. Um, and it's really important that we don't stop taking them suddenly um, because that can have um, a bit make us feel a little bit unwell. So when we when we are looking to decrease them when it's appropriate um it's really important that we seek help and and they are tapered down so we start taking a lower dose over a period of time we don't just stop them completely um and and i also think it's important to say you know these medications you know you're not going to be on them for life but treatment may last for about six months or so but it might like may last longer um and you know there's nothing wrong with needing medication to feel better uh, if it was someone who had diabetes, someone with, um, you know, whose leg had, they, who they hurt their leg, we wouldn't think anything of, of providing that treatment and care. And, and, you know, I don't think any of us would think, oh, it's a problem that I need a plaster for my leg or, you know, so I think it's really important that patients feel, you know, that it's it's okay. It's we, we especially as healthcare professionals, you know, I see a number of different patients with, with these, who are needing these sorts of medications. And it's not a problem for you to ask questions and I think it's really important you ask questions um, the other things that we have to think about when when you come into the pharmacy and we're checking that prescription in front of you and that's why it doesn't just take uh, we don't just pick a box off of a shelf and throw it at you um, we um, we really do have to think about is this suitable for your for you as an individual patient because there are some conditions that we wouldn't want to be giving you SSRIs with or it may be that you're on other medications which may counteract or impact on that SSRI uh, and sometimes you may uh, start taking things um, outside of the pharmacy or things that you've picked up uh, maybe in herbal shops which are actually really not great for taking with a number of medications including antidepressants and S particularly SSRIs. So there's um, a herbal remedy called St. John's wort, which is a bit of a no-no with some antidepre with antidepressants, and it's not a great with, a, with quite a few medications. So I think it's really important to have a read the leaflet that comes with US with any medication, but um, you know, your fluoxine or whatever that is, and, and make sure um, that it is okay for you. But I also think that, you know, sometimes I appreciate some of these patient inflammation leaflets can be a bit scary they will list every single thing under the sun that has come out in a clinical trial, which is how we check up on these drugs and make sure that they're safe. And, and, and we do, and we, you know, just like we've, we're having vaccine trials at the moment, um, all medication, you know, all medications that we, well, not all medications, but medications such as SSRIs, we've had them for a long time and we've done trials on them to make sure that they're okay. But some people will experience certain side effects with them. Um, so some really common side effects are, are things like dizziness or, or feeling sick um, or blurred vision um, and um, feeling agitated or anxious. Those are some common side effects that we can experience. So they tend to, at the start, can be quite a little, maybe a bit troublesome, but generally improve with time, which is why some of you listeners, if they've, if they've had antidepressants, they may have felt at the start that they weren't feeling so great after, after starting them but they, they actually started to feel better um, when they continued taking them. So it might be that you start taking them and you think, oh, I'm not sure about this. Let me go and speak to my pharmacist again and have a little bit of a handhold through the, through the next couple of weeks. And we're, you know, we're really happy to do that because I think 
the worst thing is someone takes away a medication from me and I don't know whether that you know they don't come back and say to me I haven't taken it and then they start to feel worse or you know we've lost them a little bit yeah it, it's um so I, I've been taking sertraline for about two and a half years I think now and I started out at a lower dose and then increased further on and I found them to be really useful from the perspective that you said right at the start of that answer about it allowing you to have um engage with other therapies in a in, in a better way i found one one of my mum's friends said to me when i first started on them that she felt as though she i mean she took them for about 12 months and she said it felt as though all of that noise and messiness and everything was parked elsewhere temporarily in some cases which allowed her to engage with maybe stuff to deal with the deeper sort of issues that, that she needed to deal with and with regards to the side effects, I think I think I've found. Um, I, I remember going on holiday and I forgot to take my tablets with me. We were only away for a week. We were in um, Tenerife, and I phoned um, my mum, who's a who's a pharmacist, and asked asked me mum what she thought. I said, and she said, "Well, you can you can pay to see a, a doctor while you're over in in Spain. It'll be like eighty quid or something, but they'll they'll be able to, um, you know, they'll be able to prescribe it for you." And I was like, oh, I said, well, I'm only away for a week. It'll be, you know, it'll be fine. And I hadn't been on them that long. And I thought, oh, it'll be fine. And mum was like, no, seriously, like, you'll ruin your holiday going to and do it. And I was like, nah, nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And about four days in, I was just really dizzy and felt a bit sick and was was finding myself feeling anxious and what have you. So that was, that was a perfect example to me of not, not forgetting to take them at any point because it, you can feel, I feel it now straight away, but I know I haven't taken it because by the end of the day, if I've forgotten to take it, I do feel a bit sort of dizzy and, and, and sort of blurry vision, as you say. Um, in terms of other medications that are available for people, what sort of other options have people got in terms of what they might be offered? There are some other other medications. So there's things like tricyclic antidepressants, which are just a different a type of, of, of antidepressant. Um, but it really is the SSRIs, which are the most common ones, if I'm completely honest. And it tends to be that if, if they're not working, then we consider some other things. Um, but I think the biggest thing, if I, could, if I can get this across, is, you know, all medication has side effects. And and I would hate for people to think, oh, it's got side effects. I'm not going to take it because everything does. But it just might be, be it's sort of on a spectrum. And some people will absolutely have no side effects. And some people may get a few of them. And some people may get quite a lot of them. Um, but I think you can't, you can't know what they're going to be necessarily if you just start taking something for the first time. And I would hate for someone to just be worried completely about the side effects. So... If you're worried or you're concerned, then make sure you do talk to, um, you know, talk to your pharmacist or talk to a healthcare professional because we don't want these drugs just sat there at home unused. We want when when we know we need to get the care to people. I think that's the biggest concern for me. Um, and people do uh, uh, people sometimes when they are exhibited or experiencing depression can also have problems with sleep. Now that means that's sometimes they may end up reaching for thing over the counter sort of sleeping tablets and those sorts of things I and mean, it's actually when people are buying things like that from the pharmacy that's actually sometimes a time when we have a really good conversation with them and actually we find out actually there's something more going on so when you go into the pharmacy and people are asking you know your pharmacist and your pharmacy team are asking you all these questions 
we're not doing it because we're trying to be awkward and um, we're doing it because potentially we're thinking about other things that you may not have thought about and um, so that we can pass that information on to you yeah that's a really important thing isn't it to, to to remember for patients when they engage with i suppose with any healthcare professional but particularly with medications because there is that kind of as you said at the very start it is a science that is difficult for people to kind of understand if they don't understand it if you see what i mean and and i certainly have found that is that knowing that the questions that your healthcare professional is asking you is with your interests in mind the more information they have the better information that they can give you and the better treatments you're likely to get on the other side of it um probably one of the things that makes people cautious about when 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 pharmacists doctors nurses whoever it might be asked those questions is there's, there's quite a lot of myths isn't there around antidepressants and it's the type of thing where i mean the biggest thing i often hear is people say oh it just made me it makes people completely numb it'll you know it'll take my personality away and, and i won't be able to feel anything in terms of myths that you've come across and probably had patients asking questions what are the type of things that that, that you often hear I think the main thing to me is that their sort of addiction is one that's mentioned that they're worried that they'll be addicted to them. But but as we know, as and as I've talked to earlier, you know, this is something which you taper off and not not because they're addictive, but because of the sort of symptoms that you may experience. So you don't experience those sorts of symptoms. Um, so I think that's the big one. If I'm perfectly honest, I don't really hear a lot of of myths about antidepressants more just I guess you know I think as society we're getting a bit better at this but we've never been great at talking about mental health um have we and I think so we're, when we're starting to get more people uh, you know in the media who who are saying you know we've we've ha I've had this you know I've had symptoms of depression or I felt suicidal then that means that other people can start to think well you know that that's okay I'm okay to feel like that um, and I think, you know, sometimes people, when it comes to depression, can sort of go, oh, well, you know, you've got a house you live in, or, oh, you know, you've got water running, or you've got food, oh, you know, you're, what, what you're complaining about. And I think it's just, I really hate it when I hear that, because I think it's not about that, is it? It's not about, it's not necessarily about your circumstances around you. I mean, that can contribute, but it's also about how you're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis and how your mind is applying itself to tasks that you are doing and um you know simple things like getting out of bed you know if you wake up and think i don't want to get out of bed i hate this i don't want you know that's a mindset and 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 it's partly and it's partly because of that depression as well sometimes and and we can't just keep ignoring mental health um and i as i say i think it's something that is a bit of a ticking time bomb if i'm honest with co with covid um because I think there's probably quite a few people who are worried as well about re-entry to society, as I call it, because, um, you know, we've not been seeing people in quite the same capacity. So there may be a little bit, uh, some people who are feeling anxious about how things opening up again. Um, and I think it's really important that we all talk to each other more um, about this and, and say, you know, it is okay. And, and to talk about how we're feeling, because if we don't do that, um, we're just going to carry on as we are. Um, and the, the other thing I would just add as well is uh, healthcare professionals aren't immune to, uh, to you know, mental health, uh, mental health conditions. So if you are talking to someone, um, then it may be that they have experienced something similar them themselves. And, um, you know, I think it's just really important that 
that we if if you come up against something and you you're speaking to a healthcare professional um and you've you know they may be drawing on some of their own experiences to assist you as well yeah that's really important i think to to to, to think about isn't it that the people that are providing that treatment to you could equally have, have have had those kind of lived experiences as well and yeah that that thing you said about people re-entering society is really interesting i think i think for up until maybe the last few months i don't know if it had been something that had been in the public consciousness to think about that element of it. i think everyone was just so excited to to get back to the pub or you know get back to the theater or whatever it might be the thing that they want to do is that that can be a big source of anxiety for people can't it going back into the things that, that, that they were doing before and yeah i think just being aware of that is is really important for people to kind of give people that space to break their way in that that, that best suits them um finally then then Thorne, in, in terms of as you as a clinician and you as a, as a healthcare professional what would you kind of recommend to to anybody who's listening who may find themselves in a difficult position with the mental health and is you know wondering about should they get medical help or should they approach a clinician or should they engage with with kind of professional services so absolutely come you know come to the pharmacy and and speak to somebody firstly because i don't want anyone to be suffering or feeling like you know unwell or having suicidal thoughts on on their own um, and and if you're feeling um obviously like it's an emergency situation then obviously you need to call 999 um but I think to me, sometimes we we do, we find people don't necessarily get help until they're at rock bottom. So we need to make sure that we are helping people stay well. And that's part of the role I think that pharmacies can play. Um, and I think, you know, a lot gets banded about when it comes to mental health about, oh, here's some resilience training or go and do an go and go for a run or something like that. But I think we need to work on a more sustained approach to mental health in terms of don't 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 come and see us when you're feeling at your worst necessarily come and see us before that because we want to help you sooner rather than later you know we want to make sure that we're able to support you before you're having things like suicidal thoughts etc if you're at that point absolutely speak to anyone just come and make sure please just come and, and get support but we want to make sure that we can help people sooner rather than later um, and um, and really, I, as I, I think probably my ending comment would be would would be to say, you know, like there's no health without mental health. Um, so please, it's it's not uh, something that you need to be concerned of that anyone's going to judge you. Um, we 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 need to, as a society, make sure that that mental health is taken as seriously as physical health. Um, and I'm, I'm absolutely adamant on that. And, and we can't continue to be in a situation where people are worried um, about what other people might think about their mental health or, or them asking for support or help, because you won't find any judgment from me or, you know, my fellow healthcare professionals. I think that's a fantastic place to to end on. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast for us and, and speaking to us today. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you. If you want to connect with me further, you can find me at Farm Thorin on Twitter. Um, I'm, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So I'm always happy to chat with people um, and, and talk about how we can further improve um, mental health and also um, how people can uh, engage with community pharmacies more.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about Man Marking, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Marking underscore Man. And don't forget to use those hashtags, Where's the Talking Lads, and You're Worth Taking Care of. To find out more about Thorin Govind, you can head over to her Twitter account as well and follow her at Farm Thorin. And if you've enjoyed today's episode and you want to give us a review or a rating, we'd really appreciate that on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Give us a subscribe, give us a rating, a review. It really helps us to reach more listeners and grow the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for episode number three as we'll be discussing diet and nutrition and its impact on mental health with Professor Julia Rookledge. 